everybody. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. I'm joined once again this week by Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We're back to our regular format, and I hope you enjoyed last week's special episode. Today, we're going to talk about American Express instituting their four credit card limit once again. What does that mean? How is that going to affect our plans? We'll talk about Mark's recent trip to Hawaii that he had to cancel and travel shaming and why he canceled it might be a little bit different than you thought. Also, somebody applied for a credit card in my name. Yeah, it's as bad as it sounds. I thought we'd kind of go over credit monitoring, what happened, and what you can do to protect yourself. Plus, we'll have rapid fires and a lot more. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing. We have links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. You can listen to the latest episode there and subscribe in any of the apps that will play podcasts. Please consider leaving us a great review, too. That helps us reach more people. And we definitely appreciate that. All right, now let's hit it. Hey guys, it's been a couple of weeks since we uh, got together to do this. Last year, last week we had that special episode with uh, Amy and Tim. It does feel like last year, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like the days are, are taking longer than ever to progress forward. But how's it been? How how have you guys been? Got uh, some personal news. It's been uh, two months. I think by my count, it's day 74, and we use the dishwasher for the third time. Big news. Big news. Mark, Mark wow. if you had uh, May 25th as the third usage of dishwasher, then you've won the pool. Congratulations. <laughs> Did you guys make like a lot of messy food this weekend or something? Is, is that why you ended up busting it out, or you just tired? I mean, I think what ha- I was not in charge of dishes. My wife did it, so you know, I don't even know if I've done the dishwasher. Those three times might be all her, but what are you going to do? We are who we are. Well, nothing wrong with that. How about how about you, Mark? Are you getting your uh, your pizza oven getting a good workout? I use my dishwasher every day. If you were wondering, <laughs> what about your pizza oven getting a good workout? Yeah, I think we're eating too much pizza. Like it's so easy to do, and you're just like tempted. There's to, no like, such thing. There's and you're, you're like tempted to like mess with it. So we, we used to eat like pizza probably like once a week, and now we're probably eating it like three times a week. So I don't know. It's we're, we keep trying to fine t- tune it, and and you know. That's part of the fun of it, like the challenge to try to make it better. So I think that's why we're doing it more often because we're trying to like make the perfect pizza. So whenever Sean comes to visit in like 2025, when he finally comes to Detroit, we'll have the pizza ready. I think, you know, Detroit could happen this year. I'm there we go. itching for a road trip. So Ro- I, know it's, I know it's far. <laughs> you know, when, when your mind goes to road trip, it instantly goes from Las Vegas to Detroit as far as the, the, the route that you should take. So. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely seventeen that's, day that's road the top trip. of my list too. Yeah, I don't know. It could happen. We'll see with all the news of things opening up. It's a little strange because it seems like we're on the the verge of a lot of stuff opening, and you know, there's still a lot of controversy over all of that. But uh, here in Las Vegas, it's exciting to kind of today as we're recording this, which is Tuesday, we should get the final official news that the strip is opening on June fourth. Kind of exciting to see what the new world will be when we get back to somewhat normal, but a little apprehensive about getting there. You have a reservation just in case you decide you want to go check it out and cover it, but you're you're undecided yeah. if you're going to go or not, right? Yeah, I do want to cover it for the site, so I, I probably will go. Whether I stay there or not, I'm not sure, but I do have a – and actually, I'm trying to, to hack this because Caesars announced that they're going to open Flamingo and Caesars Palace as their first two properties, but they're allowing you to book any property. So I booked Planet Hollywood because – that was $27 for the night of June 4th. And I'm assuming that I would get moved to Caesars Palace and not to the Flamingo. But of course, that's a little bit of a gamble there, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know if I'll stay, but it'd be interesting to see what it's like to be there the first night, at least to kind of cover it. So we'll, we'll see based on what the, the local guidance is at the time and all the precautions I can take and everything else. 
for some reason, I think Flamingo is like the, the place I've stayed the most in Vegas. I don't know why. It's not. I mean, their goat rooms are okay. They're a little beat up, but I usually get a good upgrade there. And I, I like the location. I really like the location a lot. So yeah, for some fit, reason, that's where I always end up. Or like it's $15 a night for the for the first night for June 4th at the Flamingo. And of course, with diamond status, there's no uh, there's no resort fees. But I like I said, I, I did Planet Hollywood hoping that I get upgraded to Caesars, which is like seventy dollars a night, which is still incredibly cheap for Caesars. It's almost never that price. By the time this podcast actually comes out, I'm assuming we'll know exactly which properties are going to open. It doesn't seem like anything's changed drastically. So June fourth is the date the governor kind of gave as a guidance, and that's going to be kind of confirmed now. But yeah, it does seem like Vegas is going to come back. Any any signs of uh, of the casinos coming back there in Detroit? The two that are like in Traverse City and in uh, Petoskey, like they opened up those areas this past weekend. So the governor opened up like the northern section of the state. And the funny thing is like the Upper Peninsula opened because they don't have any cases up there. And, you know, social distancing is just like life there because there's not a ton of people. And then opened up a second area, which is Traverse City, which is one of the most popular, if not the most popular, probably besides like Mackinac cities people go to, and they open it for Memorial Day weekend. Well, come to find out, that's where the governor has her vacation home, and her husband tried to get his boat put in the water for this Memorial Day weekend, so... I, I saw that story. <laughs> Oops. So pretty, pretty... Yeah, he even said like, hey, I'm the governor's husband. Does that help me get my boat in the water? They're like, no, we can't do it. You guys gave us a two-day... She basically said like two days before, oh, hey, we're going to open up up north. So all these people are scrambling to open up businesses some didn't even open because they couldn't get it done in time but i just think it was funny because i was i thought it was surprising that she would open up that territory i know the cases are lower but that's like a really popular destination i would have thought she would have gone to the east side of the state northern uh, michigan but i think it was self-serving for sure which is funny joe how, how are things in massachusetts joe so uh we're going pretty slow our governor has said like it pretty much seems like casino wise July is the best case scenario and probably mid-July. The casinos here are worried because Connecticut, they might be opening, you know, in June. And so like Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods are in Connecticut, but we're moving along. And the city I live in is probably going to go even slower than Massachusetts in general is going to go. So Governor Baker is taking it slowly but surely going by the data. And, you know, we have quite a few cases here. So, you know, I get what he's doing. And I am assuming Western Mass isn't as bad, but I don't think they want to see it like blow up either. But like lots of stuff has been canceled in Massachusetts all over the place. So we're definitely on the slower side of reopening as far as states go. Well, I know that uh, people out there didn't come here to listen to us make predictions about coronavirus because we know we have such a good track record when it comes to that. Just go back and listen to the episodes from early March to know exactly uh, how much I was freaking spot on in early March. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It was you guys. Really? Who were like, your oh. Vegas trip? I'm going to go to Vegas in a couple weeks. And then... <laughs> I was, I think I said like, on go, go listen to the tapes. I was, I was trying I, to get I, on a cruise ship. So, you know, the tapes. I, I've been on this from day one, 100%. Don't even at me. Oh, no, we were talking funny. about it for sure, but we were still weren't sure about canceling. I told trip. you, Joe, it's spicy. <laughs> go read my newsletter from March, man. <laughs> Plug that tiny Joe letter right now. Plug it. Yes, everybody should listen. Uh, everybody should subscribe to his newsletter and read about it. And Joe was, I remember you and I talking about this in January. I think we probably even talked about it on the podcast, but if not on the podcast, we did it off offline. So we were definitely looking at it back then. But anyway, those shows don't hold up very well. So don't listen to them. Yeah, I think I changed my mind on my trip. Like uh, on a Monday, I was like, yeah, I'm still going. It was like two, three weeks away. And then on Tuesday, I was like, yeah, I'm not going. And then like the next day is when they canceled all sporting events. So it happened pretty quickly for sure. Yeah, you guys excited about the uh, announcements 
that the NBA is going to be in, in Florida and the NHL, NHL is being announced an hour after we record this. It's going to be in Vegas, at least part of it. Insider info. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know any of the details. I just know that Vegas, well, as far as I haven't heard anything in the last few days, so it could have changed, but it should hopefully be partially in Vegas. But are you guys excited that it's coming back, uh, that those sports are coming back? Well, I don't really watch either of those, but I, I will just because there's nothing else. So, I mean, I'll watch like NBA finals or something like that, but I haven't been into it since late nineties. Um, and hockey, I just, I never really watch, but I'll watch, I'll watch it just because it's sports. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'll, I, I have been a big fan of the golden Knights the last couple of years. So I'll definitely continue to watch them. And I think it's great that they've managed to find a way to get back to the schedule and then also to ensure that the next season happens without too many interruptions and that it works for the players. So I think that both leagues did a great job, no matter what the exact details of the final announcement are. But uh, let's get into the show, Mark, and talk about something that's exciting in the credit card world, because we haven't had a lot of exciting, or not so exciting in the credit card world, sorry. <laughs> it's exciting to have news, I guess, is what I was trying to say, but no, this isn't exciting news, so it doesn't, doesn't hold up. But we found out, and you were the one who got confirmation of this from American Express, that they now have a four credit card limit for customers, meaning that you can only get four credit cards that have a, an actual limit. This doesn't affect the charge cards, but... You want to explain a little bit more about it and how American Express confirmed it? Yes, I, I was the Twitter user that uh, <laughs> did that, <laughs> as, as I was referred to at some place. But um, it's kind of like a reverse to the mean or the average or the old school because forever American Express had a four credit card limit where you could only carry four at, at one time. And then it was basically unlimited charge cards. Credit cards is something that you can carry a balance for. Charge cards like the gold, the platinum, you're supposed to pay off every month even though they've added where you can you can pay over time now so it's it's even more confusing than it was but um for a while you could have five cards and that was if you had like a hilton or a delta as one some people were getting six cards before they would get automatically denied and american express just came out and said we're going back to the old four card well they didn't really say it but we were seeing data points and then they confirmed it on twitter that you're only allowed four cards now, which most people already have four or five cards. So if they want to open up a new one, they're going to have to close a couple. It's going to play with applications in the future, like which ones you go with. And then they also came out with a 10 card max on uh, charge cards, which most people won't have an issue with that. But people that were doing tons of referrals and stuff will. Um, so those are the two main things. I don't, I don't know about like, what are you sitting at right now for four credit cards? How many do you have of AMX? Yeah, I have four, and that's because I closed a Delta one in the last year, and I haven't been getting a lot of new cards from them. So I don't, I don't see this as a as a huge deal. Like you said, the rule used to be four, and I think that it was around the time that City lost the Hilton cards that they converted a lot of those over, and then people ended up with five or six, and then of course it be kind of can be kind of kind of became the new rule. But you know, I was kind of used to four, and that's that's enough especially considering you can do charge cards separately. So I don't know that this is a huge kind of doesn't blow up my plans too much. I know there were a lot of people who are been more aggressive with American Express are probably not happy about this, but maybe maybe this is a favor to them because it seems like American Express is catching up when they see that you're you're gaming them in some way. So for me, it's just be mindful of the cards I have, make sure that they're working for me. I think that within my overall spending strategy for American Express credit cards is enough. And so I don't feel like it's too big of a deal. 
I think this is only affecting me in the short term. So Mark and I, we both got this upgrade offer for the everyday card um, for 25,000 membership rewards points to upgrade to the everyday preferred. So I have five credit cards and four charge cards right now. So I'm over the credit card limit or whatever. And so it does make things a little more difficult for me to decide whether to upgrade to that everyday preferred or not, because if I do, then, you know, you shouldn't really, you should really should not cancel an Amex card until like 13 months after you've had it. So that resets the clock on the 13 months. So if I want to get another Amex credit card, you know, so I got to kind of do all that math and we know how much I love math (laughs) and like organizing and planning and stuff like that. So it does have a short-term effect. I do agree, Sean, that long-term the, four card is not going to be a huge deal but like as of like right now both the upgrade offer coming and the news hitting at the same time has like made things a little bit more difficult i think it's it it probably hurts less now that amex offers like when you used to be able to add amex offers to every card you had people would try to get as many as they could so they could like 10 percent off staples they'd add it to like 30 cards or whatever so i i think once that came out the days oh yeah having like a ton of cards became less important but there are some like if if somebody spends their way to delta status every year and has four delta cards they're already they can't get anything else you know if you're using the uh personal and business platinum personal and business reserve that's your slots right there so that that's going to change for some people i think everybody that has a uh, blue business plus is going to keep that i'm always going to have at least one hilton card so it does change some things i think most of us have already run through a lot of the credit cards so we're probably not looking to add more charge cards is probably a bigger thing so it is what it is i guess and if you look at it in the wider scheme of things compared to the other banks they're still incredibly generous a lot of the times with their approvals and with what they give you and like you say these offers to upgrade downgrade that's something that you don't often get from other banks either so i just think this is something we can live with hopefully they continue to be generous in the other ways and hopefully the rat doesn't continue to grow (laughs) well i definitely i mean i I definitely agree with what you said that um this almost like kind of protects you from potential rat situations because you know if there are rules then you know to follow them when there are no rules that's when you go or very unclear rules that's when you go too hard and then sometimes get yourself in trouble yeah and for those people out there who don't know what rat means it's rewards abuse team it's american express's internal team where they look out for people who are trying to game their reward systems and they shut down accounts they claw back rewards so they're they're known as the rat yeah it's not the google stories about how rats are becoming more aggressive that keep hitting my inbox and that i do not appreciate although they like turkeys they're like the rats are becoming turkeys yeah i they 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 might be they might be in line for a huge civil war over uh, what's going on hopefully they kill each other off hey a new animal update we had a um bird nest like right under where our back patio is and the third, the third baby bird finally flew away from the nest today. So, oh, sad day. Did you have a single tear? Single tear? <laughs> yeah. Except for now, we can like clean all the bird crap off the side of the house. So that's nice. But if you've never watched a bird clean the nest from their baby poop, it is quite the sight to be seen. Google it. Trust me, it's it's bizarre. Do you I need more I'm... details? <laughs> no. I think we'll, we'll move on. So let's let's. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> Let's talk about canceling travel and kind of the thoughtfulness behind it, not just because you're afraid that that you might get sick, but also there's so many factors going in. And I know this week I had to cancel my Japan trip, but then I know you had to cancel your Hawaii trip, Mark, and you wrote about it. You know, I know that was a big trip, but the reason you canceled wasn't so simple as, you know, I'm afraid to go or I can't go. There was a lot of kind of factors that went into it, right? 
Yeah, and I think this is probably the the underlying or like the the most important thing with and the whole pandemic COVID nineteen thing is you know a lot of people assumed oh we'll cancel our trip because we're afraid of getting sick and I don't think that's so much the fear anymore you know with the CDC coming out and saying it's not transmitted through touch as much you know you shouldn't worry about it like sanitizing groceries isn't necessary anymore stuff like that as more of that info comes out it's you know people are going to feel more comfortable venturing out. The issue I had with the trip was more based on, you know, once you get there, what are you going to do? If there's all these regulations and rules and places are still shut down or there are 50% capacity or, you know, you go into a restaurant and you have to you wear a mask besides when you're putting food or drink in your mouth, all that type of stuff, like, just takes away from, detracts from the experience. This trip to Hawaii was our 15-year anniversary trip, you know, and I added all up all the points and stuff I used to book it, and it was like $4,000 worth of value. I'm looking at, I'm like, do I want to spend $4,000 worth of points for 70% of the experience and and put in all the time and effort to get there, you know, because it's not easy to get to Hawaii from Detroit. There's no direct flights anymore. So that played a huge role into it. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to cancel trips for is because, you know, the experience just isn't going to be the same. And do they want to put in all that time and effort based off something that won't really pay off? Have you guys thought about it that way or? I mean, I definitely like... You know, obviously I'm thinking about, okay, when Disney World opens, am I going to go down there and will I mind the diminished experience? It's interesting because actually for me personally, as long as the majority of the rides are open, the Disney experience would not be diminished for me. Like I don't mind wearing masks. In that Florida summer heat? Oh. I mean, you get I, swamp butt and swamp face. I ran a, I ran a 5K. <laughs> I ran a 5K was like uh... <laughs> You don't sweat? No, of course I sweat, but I don't get no swamp butt. Oh, everybody gets swamp butt in like 95 degree It's called, it's called body with, glide, bro. With... It's called, get yourself some body glide. All right? <laughs> so we're don't use baby, po- just, don't use baby powder. Don't use baby powder. all the fat people with the swamp butt when he's at Disney World. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I'm worried about diminished experience, but I think what has happened, though, is, yes, I would not take a trip if I feel like the experience is too diminished for the price. Uh, Oh, my point is that I don't think Disney World, for me personally, would be diminished. But what is my concern is, like, last month I said how I think flying is pretty safe, and I agree that a month ago it was pretty safe because no one was on the flights. But now, like, I'm not going to sit six hours sharing space with people, regardless of whether middle seats are blocked or not. As we get more and more confident that being outdoors is fine and you're not going to get infected that way, we are becoming more and more aware that being indoors with people is very concerning and very dangerous. Like, so casinos, planes, etc. So, you know, if I was in your shoes, Mark, like, I wouldn't mind, well... I don't know. Hawaii still has that 14 day lockdown, right? So maybe Hawaii is no good, but like it's, it's planes. It's getting on planes that I'm worried about right now. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures out of Charlotte. You must have this Memorial day weekend, but TSA was like backed up like all the way through terminal B. So I just think as air travel picks up, I think we're going to need to wait and see kind of how that affects things. And again, like I've been saying from the beginning, I'm not worried about myself personally getting sick, but I'm worried about infecting others. Um, You know, since I probably, you know, don't have markers for, being in real trouble if I get the coronavirus. No, and that was part of the uh, reasoning I wrote about too, because because my wife deals with COVID-19 positive patients, and she's probably going to have that for the foreseeable future, at least one a week. So I said, you know, there's no guarantee that 14 days before we go on this trip that she wouldn't have seen a patient and she could be a carrier without any symptoms and stuff. So I wouldn't want to put more people at risk knowing that if, 
she didn't deal with it, that would have not been a part of the the whole situation. But since we know she's probably going to be in contact with with somebody, you know, that's added risk, and and that was part of the the decision making process for us. I think that you make a good point in that we're not sure, Joe, like what's safe and what's not, and we're learning more and trying to adjust to that. Also, just you know, we should focus on trying to, if we're going to travel, doing things that hopefully mitigate the risks of spreading it, but also that are that are fun and like you say, a road trip, doing stuff outdoors. Those are the types of trips that I think people will focus on. I think the national parks are going to be busier than ever, and there's going to be all kinds of other logistical issues that pop up because of this. Um, So it's not going to be going to a national park and there's not going to be anybody else there. I think that you're going to see a lot of people outdoors. But yeah, I think that's kind of the, the cool way to start planning if you are. But here's the other kind of argument against there. I mean, here's the other side of that. And I, you hit on this a little bit, Mark, is travel shaming. I know people... Some people are ready within their own lives to travel or they want to start planning it and they're afraid of other people uh, shaming them. And I don't know kind of how we resolve that, you know, as a society. This week we had, uh, check out the the site Ian wrote about flying. He had to fly for for work, but he also did some hiking, some personal stuff on the side. And it was an interesting look at that. And I do know that, that, you know, people see that as something that's not good. Some people feel like they should be doing more. So I don't know. It's kind of hard determining when you're planning yourself to kind of put the politics aside and, and determine what's right for yourself. And I don't know how we how we do that. But I don't know. I'm a little excited that at least we can start thinking about travel again, even if it is in this altered way. That's a good thing. Personal story. My parents this weekend, because they're down in Florida, which Florida is pretty much open, like, you know, restaurants are open, everything's open. They have seating restrictions and stuff. But, you know, my dad's been working through this nonstop and they wanted to do something to get away for the weekend. So they drove like an hour and a half down to Daytona Beach and stayed at the Hyatt place there. And my sister travel shamed <laughs> the crap out of them about it and said, you know, like this is this isn't a good idea or whatever. And they said, well, you know, we're not going to be going anywhere. We're going to just sit at the beach, distanced away from people, go to our room, do pick up, take out orders and stuff. So I haven't talked to her about it. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see like how they work, like the elevators and stuff like that. Like if somebody's on the elevator, is nobody else allowed to get on? But they said it was difficult because just trying to figure out how to eat and where to get food from and get it back safely and not mingle. They tried to, to distance as much as they could, but still have some relaxation on the beach and stuff. So hopefully I'll have more info on that next week when we when we talk. But I thought it'd be an interesting take. Anything else to add on the topic of like travel shaming and, and planning travel, Joe? I mean, I would just say, I don't know who can or cannot relate to this, but one thing that is that like my, my sister and my parents and I were talking about renting a house and, you know, I don't know if you guys uh, have been following, but like Dia Adams, the deal mommy, she rented a house in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for like a month. And so she's been there, but they've been like only ordering their groceries in and they can like literally see the beach from where they are. So they'll just go down when they feel comfortable in terms of the numbers and stuff like that. Like stuff like that sounds great to me. But one thing that my family is thinking about as we are thinking about renting a house, not in Myrtle Beach, that's too far of a drive, but you know, we're just thinking about renting a house um, to spend like a week or two together is honestly, like we wear masks when we're outside. It's part of the rules and regulations of our town because of that we're used to doing that we'd probably do that wherever we go and i have heard enough stories from my friends that i do not feel comfortable in certain areas of this country walking around as an asian wearing a mask like my friends have been called names that we have not heard since like for 20 years like people have not had the boldness to 
say these things to us out loud for like over 20 years and this is happening and this happens in like california which theoretically is you know much more woke and stuff so that is something that's really on my mind as i'm thinking about traveling whether it be on a plane whether it be domestically like if i go somewhere where people are gonna give me stink eye because i'm an asian wearing a mask like i might not feel comfortable doing that so that is one of the major factors weighing on my mind as i'm thinking about traveling and that's beyond travel shaming that is just to me completely inappropriate and unacceptable behavior by fellow americans yeah and wasn't there was it like a month ago or a or two months ago, like when this first started rolling out, like people were attacking Asians in California and stuff. I I want to say like at a Sam's Club or Costco or something like that. There's been like lots of incidents. There's been big incidents that have met the, made the news. There's like small incidents that my friends share with me or like, you know, it's like little things. And, you know, you get to the it's like what you were saying, right? Uh, in terms of diminished experience, Mark, like me kind of looking left and right and not being sure who's looking at me this way or that way, you know, that is a diminished experience as well. Kind of, it is something being a minority, like it's something that I've been aware of at various points in my life, sometimes more, sometimes less, but it's kind of feeling like people are looking at you like you don't belong. It's not a good feeling. And that truly diminishes travel. Now, if I'm traveling internationally and I feel like I don't belong, which happens all the time, of course, you know, that's different, right? Because I'm going to some place that's not my home country. But since Probably outside of maybe Canada, which I don't even know if our borders are open yet. Domestic travel is the only option right now. Like, I don't want to have that feeling, you know, in my own country or even in my own state. So, you know, that is something that's on my mind. And I, I do think it needs to be said. No, 100%. Definitely something that people have to consider and, and think about and weigh. And it's terrible that you have to deal with it. Yes, and thanks for, for sharing that. And it's unfortunate that everything has gotten politicized in today's society. And there's a lot of anger out there. And Hopefully more people will decide to approach everything with a little bit less of that anger and a little bit more understanding and compassion for each other. And But it still happens and it's important for you to share you know, experiences and things you hear when it comes to that stuff. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And I mean, Mark, it's like you said, we all have the same swamp, but when it's all said and <laughs> Except done. Except for Joe, because so... he has like sexy glide or whatever it's called. <laughs> No, you need to get the ice. I'm, I'm telling baby you. Powder. I'm telling you. No, okay. Take some no. baby powder. I'm telling you. <laughs> I did. Get, uh, get, get the body glide. It is life changing. You know what's I'm funny, though? You. Like, I bought. Have you ever seen those, like, one of those random Facebook ads, like those fans that you can put in your shirt or whatever? And they're supposed to, like, blow up your, your, the back of your shirt so it, like, airs you out or whatever. I bought one of those, planning on doing a review, and I bought it to take it to Disney in the summer. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And the thing was like, it barely did anything. It was such garbage. I couldn't even uh, bring myself to write up about it. But I should have got it with the body glide. Moral of the story, don't buy stuff from Facebook ads, I guess. Uh, but uh, Oh, I've been suckered more. into a couple of them. Uh. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> so let's move on before we uh, share the horror stories on that. Actually... Our last topic is something that's kind of like jarring and shocking. Last week, I all of a sudden, I have credit monitoring through various different places. All of a sudden, I started receiving notices that I had applied for a Capital One credit card when I hadn't. Somebody got my information and applied for a credit card in my name. Has that happened to either of you guys before? I've had like my credit card stolen and people run up charges on it, but never had somebody apply my name. 
Yeah, me neither. I'm actually like, how do you even know? Like, do you just get like a Experian or a Credit Karma alert or something? Like, how do you, I, I don't even know. Because we all have 47 free uh, credit monitorings from us all getting hacked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, didn't you say this in your article, Sean? You get like so many of these notifications that you almost like missed it. Well, so I had applied for a Bank of America auto loan the day before. So I had gotten an email saying I had a credit alert, but it didn't speci- uh, it wasn't specific to say Capital One or anything. So I kind of ignored it. Later in the day, I got an email saying Capital One and, and I went in there. So yeah, it's a good reminder, even if you get an alert to kind of pay attention to it, to make sure that it's something you did. But yeah, I have, I have free monitoring through Capital One, through Discover, through Credit Karma, and I think a few other places through Experian. And so I got a bunch of notices that somebody applied. But actually, I had also received a call that I had missed about from Capital One themselves, uh, because I do have a credit card with them, saying, we have an application that's suspicious in your name. Please call um, this phone number. And the first thing I did was, of course, Google the phone number. And when I Googled the phone number, it was, you know, you know, those sites that tell you whether a phone number is safe or not. Well, I get to those sites and a bunch of paranoid people have all said that this is a scam, that it's not Capital One. But because I had the credit inquiries and everything else, I pretty much believed that this phone number was right. So my first kind of goal was to figure out if this phone number was legitimate, which it was. So I think a lot of people kind of get freaked out when this stuff happens and then they get a lot of misinformation. But eventually I called Capital One directly, got over to this department just in case that number was wrong and was told that somebody, I think it was in Mississippi, applied for a a Capital One card in my name and was going to have it shipped there. And so they kind of canceled the application and they told me, you know, what my options were to go forward from there. And basically the options you have are you can freeze your credit, which I'll talk about in a minute. You can basically turn your credit off so that most people can't run your credit. Although banks that you already have a relationship with, they can still check your credit to see if they want to continue the relationship. But for the most part, you can't get new credit. And there's also a fraud alert you can put on, which essentially means that anytime somebody runs your credit, they have to get in contact with you. And you can put in a report on for a year or for seven years. If you put a fraud alert on your credit, it can be really, really a pain in the butt because anytime you apply for a credit card or any credit, they're going to do that manual calling you and verification. Um, of course, it's important if somebody's stolen your identity. But what I decided to do was freeze my credit. And you would think that it'd be easier uh, than it is. Although it used to be a lot more difficult, they've made things easier, but uh, wasn't quite so fun doing that. And I wrote an article about it. You can kind of find all the information on the site about different free credit monitoring you can get and the tools that I used for reporting this and, and kind of how I determined whether I wanted to freeze my credit or, you know, whether I wanted to do a fraud alert. But essentially, I found out that Equifax is the best. They they have multiple ways you can freeze your credit online. You can log into your Equifax account by verifying your personal information. Really easy to turn on uh, the freeze and off the freeze. TransUnion tries to make it easy, but I was never able to get it to work online, so I ended up having to call in to do the freeze. And then uh, Experian is the interesting one because they, I could not find a way conveniently to freeze my credit without paying them. They do have a freeze. So with Experian, I, I have an account with them that I verified all my information. I can view my entire credit report, everything like that. But when I went to freeze my credit on their form that they have, they have this form that looks like it's from a website in the 1990s. You fill it out and it said, oh, we can't verify your information, but you can pay $20 for this credit lock service and you can do it right now 
So I kind of broke down. I found like a $10 version of, of their credit lock. And that, with the credit lock, you can actually instantly lock your credit without having to go through their antiquated technology. But they want you to pay for that. But, you know, it's interesting that nowadays you can pretty much turn these freezes on and off instantly. So if you have a problem with somebody stealing your credit, stealing your identity, it's a little bit easier than it used to be to to freeze your credit and then unfreeze it when you need to apply for credit cards. Because that's sort of the, the problem is we use our credit a lot. And it's, you know, it's a pain to have to unlock it every every single time. But, I mean, I still don't know who this was, why they did it. I know why they did it, but who they where they got my information from. But it definitely was a uh, uh, something, a wake-up call saying, hey, pay attention to the credit monitoring. I mean, I really think that ever since the pandemic hit, like, I've seen, like, a lot more fraud. Now that you say this, like, I totally forgot. But right when everything started shutting down, my dad had the same thing. Like, someone applied for a credit card in their name. And also, yeah, they applied for, like, a Dick's Sporting Good credit card and, like, another random credit card. And he had to, he had to like, like, who does You should have got Nordstrom, dude. What are you thinking? I know. I know. Come on. I mean, it's Dick's, I don't even think Dick's Sporting Good is open right now. But anyway. <laughs> But they're I just, just getting like, ready for when the doors open. Like, yeah, yeah, they're building. That I gotta get my Nike shoes. Yeah, it's gotta get, gotta get all the all the equipment for the sports that are not going to be played. But anyway, he got fraud, and then your story, and then I've heard like a couple of other like smaller stories. So I think during this time, because like everyone's kind of, or at least we were two months ago, discombobulated with everything that was going on. You know, that's when the hacksaws really like went to work, and so it looks like you got caught up in that too. Yeah, and just a couple other things, too. Why did they have to pick Capital One, which is like the only bank that runs your credit at all three bureaus? So I have inquiries yeah, pretty at every, annoying. <laughs> every single bureau. Yeah, also, I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, it seems very convenient that the only way to lock your credit was to pay them. So not convenient for, for you, but very convenient for oh, them. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, with experience. So I could have, you know, faxed stuff. So it said it couldn't verify my information online, that I could send them this official request via fax or mail to freeze my credit, or I could pay them. $10 a month and they could just lock it instantly online. So clearly they have a ways to go in order to protect consumers a little bit more. It, like I said, TransUnion has an online system. It didn't work for me, but at least it's there for free. And, uh, and Equifax was good, but yeah, it's, it's kind of jarring. It it's, feels very personal when somebody does it. Um, the other thing I was going to say, people are probably wondering, did you file a police report? Are you trying to pursue this? I could do all of that. Based on kind of research and even anecdotal evidence, like what Capital One told me, police departments don't really pursue this stuff. And so I really had to decide how deep I want to go. Uh, for me, the first step is freezing it. I'm keeping a very close eye on my credit. And if this continues, then I may have to do a fraud alert and go even deeper to protect myself uh, even more. But I will be paying even closer attention now because clearly that information is out there. And I plan, I guess, just keeping my credit frozen now for the foreseeable future and just unfreeze it as I need it. The other thing is, too, those inquiries, Capital One did say that they will petition to have them removed. It could take up to 60 days. So just going to have to wait for that because it's really hard to get inquiries removed if you try to get them removed yourself. So hopefully that will come through and those inquiries will come off. But for now, I got dinged you know, on all the, on the bureaus with those inquiries. And so, I'm just so jealous annoying. that Foshan got approved for a Capital One card. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I wonder, you know, for I wonder, one time. <laughs> yeah, they wasted. Now you can't do anything for like six months. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed, you know. But yeah. fake Sean, if you're out there, 
screw you for stealing my my stuff but uh, you got to be smarter don't go with lifelock either if you're going for protection remember when the ceo put his uh social security number on the, on the ad and then he got hacked like 10 times <laughs> yeah i mean i think the the key is get credit uh, monitoring and free monitoring and, and hey, use he's it. not just he's he's not just the owner okay he's a <laughs> member too yeah you got you got to experience the full uh the full hacking before you can uh, stand how to protect from it yeah definitely protect yourself with credit monitoring redundancy is good make sure that if it doesn't show you who ran your credit that you click through to check to make sure it's the actual inquiry you think it was because i know a lot of people in this hobby apply for a lot of credit so definitely take a close ride because it happens it happened to me Hopefully it doesn't happen to you, and and hopefully this is the end of it. Hopefully this person just gives up and moves on with their lives. I will let you know if anything else comes up. All right, let's move on to to rapid fire real quick. And Mark, you want to start us off? Okay, rapid fire. Back to the real stuff. The first one we we, uh, touched on earlier, it's Ian's post about uh, his experience flying last week during the pandemic. Uh, We wanted to share it with everybody because we know states are starting to open up and people are going to have to start to travel for work and and all that stuff. So we wanted to share the experience, you know, what to expect when you do go to fly in the next uh, couple weeks or months. So check it out. He gives you a breakdown of like the procedures and how they set it up on the plane, what they gave them on the plane, what they didn't give them on the plane, stuff like that. So uh, some good info and definitely interesting, worth worth reading for sure. What'd you have, Sean? Yeah, I just wanted to, to highlight a post on the site um, that was written by uh, Ryan, how to maximize the new Amex shipping, wireless and streaming credits. We all know about all the kind of new temporary benefits and credits that American Express added, whether it be bonuses at grocery stores or credits for wireless streaming services and shipping and stuff like that. So we have a post uh, and we'll put a link in the description with ways to maximize each of those credits so you don't uh, miss out. And some of that stuff you got to pay attention because I know stuff like the Dell, the additional Dell credit is by the end of June. Definitely pay attention. Make sure you're getting all your credits on your American Express cards. Joe, did you hit your uh, CSR grocery spend yet? Nope. Worst card ever. <laughs> I'll take care of it. I got it till the end of June. We well, you, no, it goes by month, so you got to hit May and then June. Oh my gosh, FML. Okay, okay. I gotta. We gotta finish this up. Come on. All right, let me go for my rapid fire then. Uh, theme parks around the country are opening up. Universal Studios is the biggest one that's opening to the general public on June 5th, but a lot of the smaller ones are opening or have already opened. We will be talking about this more next week. I expect that by the time this episode releases on Thursday, we'll have some idea when Disney World is going to reopen, but we'll see. Definitely by next week, when we record, hopefully we'll know something. But, you know, theme parks are reopening. They seem to be putting in a lot of social distancing and sanitizing systems into place. Six Flags had a great video on Twitter just talking about what they were going to do. So we will see how it goes, whether people listen to the rules, whether things go well. And yeah, uh, but more more to come next week. More Swamp Butt in your future at Six Flags. <laughs> but they have thermal scanners now so they can see your thermal sw- your Swamp Butt right on this thermal scanner. Why, why is it so red around the belt area? <laughs> True that guy's got the glide on. He looks blue. But I think anything that they can do, actually, this could be a, a blessing in disguise if it helps them streamline security. And and so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it because these parks are going to open coming up. And so we'll have a little bit more to talk about next week about amusement parks, coast to coast, Disney, Universal, be getting ready to open. So it's exciting. But in the meantime, 
that's going to do it for this show. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, hopefully you will subscribe. And Joe, uh, where can people find you if they uh, are not listening to this podcast? So you can find me at the aforementioned newsletter, which is at tinyletter.com slash flies. I'm trying to get back to writing weekly and actually have a letter in draft. It's Tuesday as we record this. That should be out today, which is discussing the different things I'm thinking about in terms of uh, traveling again. You can also find me podcasting about miles and points at saverossyobservationdeck.com and podcasting about Disney World at disneydecipher.com. What about you, Mark? You can find me on Twitter, uh, McCosty1038. You can email me, Mark, at milestomemories.com. Just comment on any of the articles on the website, Miles to Memories. I'll get back to you there or join one of our Facebook groups. Pretty active in there all the time. How about you, Sean? Yeah, check out the site, milestomemories.com, our Facebook groups, And uh, we also do have, I think, like two slots left in our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. Yeah, Disney Hacks podcast as well, disneyhacks.com forward slash podcast if you're into Disney. And uh, yeah, check us out online and check out the website. And thanks so much for listening. Please consider subscribing. Tell a friend about the show. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Stay safe out there. Any signs of uh, of the casinos coming back there in, in Massachusetts, Joe? I think we have more in Michigan. What are you asking Joe for? Because he hadn't <laughs> talked in a while. Yes, I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, because he's trying to read me in, man. Why, why are you so, well, you have, so more, selfish? you have more in why, Michigan. Why, why, are in the, why are you hogging the mic, Mark? No, one, one is in Canada. Okay. Like We have like 10 in Michigan, I think. You can also find old podcast. Sorry, this is not my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know, still you'll find our old episodes. I mean, you can find our old episodes at mtmpodcast.com, but, you know, that's, that's not my job to do that on here. All right. <laughs> you can also find me. Yeah, because there, there there's no way to fix the end of May for Dell, because I did say. Well, all yeah, you have to just do, say, just say end of June right now. Oh, Come on. End, end of, this is episode 42. <laughs> end of June. Just cut no, it like you can't that. do it like that. Yes, just cut it in like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> May. Er, no, you should say end of May. No, no, no. No, it'll be end of May, and then we'll put in Joe's. Er, and then you'll put end of June. No, <laughs> no. Yes. That would be awesome. Come on. I can put it in the outtakes. <laughs>